All right, welcome back to the Adventist City Ministries podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Jeff. Well, I'm so glad because we are setting up a, a professional studio for our podcast. And if you can hear a bit of an echo, that's why we are we are just getting set up and we don't have our all of our sound installation you know, installed yet. But we've got some, some great new equipment, so uh, this should sound like an upgrade in audio quality and processing and all that fancy stuff. So expect some good things to come as we expand the Adventist City Ministries podcast. Yeah, it's uh, very excited. I think that we're going to include some other programming eventually as well and uh, some other interesting things, uh, interviewing people and seeing how other brothers and sisters are doing ministry in the world around us. So I'm, I'm really excited. We're going to hit the road here pretty soon and start doing interviews with folks. So that's great. Yeah. All right. What are we going to talk about today? Today, we, uh, we're going to follow up with our last podcast, which was on the, uh, the cross of Jesus Christ. And we said we talk, this time we were going to talk about the love of God and its greatest expression was through that cross where Jesus died. So uh, I think that this is, 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 some people are going to think that this is just a, an, an easy thing for us to do. Uh, it's it's pretty simple, and it, and it is. It's just simply the truth is that God loved us so much that he couldn't be separated from us, so the cross had to happen. So let's pray before we get started. Andrew, would you do that? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of life. We thank you for all those who are listening out there, and we ask that you would touch our hearts today so that we could all, each and every one of us, be opened up to your gospel and opened up to your love. Whatever you, had, whatever you have for us today, we ask that it would touch our hearts and move us so that we can come closer to you, so that we can know your love. In Jesus' name, amen. You almost have to start with, you know, the, the text that even people in the world recognize, and that's John 3.16. It just tells you exactly why God moved as he did. So if you'd right. read that for us, Andrew, that... Yeah, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So according to this, what's the foundation of God's salvation plan? It's that he loved the world. He loved the world. So much. Yeah, and it's and, and it's not just a select group of people. He he loved everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh and uh, so he developed a plan uh, uh, out of his love for us to save us from the situation we found ourselves in. And that is the sinfulness of, you know, that we've talked about in the past. Uh, our sins put us in a, through Adam, put us in a situation where we are uh, subject to the the um, universal law, and that is, is that the wages of sin is death. And God had to come up with a plan because he loved us so much to... Um, take that death sentence away from us. And that's, uh, that's an objective thing that he did. That is to say that um, you, you and I had nothing to do with what happened to Jesus. Right. So objective in the sense that we weren't there, we, didn't, we weren't part of the process, and we are you know, totally outside of it. Right. And, and so really the fact that Jesus died for everyone means that even if we 
didn't choose Jesus, it would still mean that the cross is good and we would in effect be saved, but just we would reject it, you know? Right. It would, it would come back to our decision as to whether or not, because what God did was a completed work. Even Jesus at the cross, you remember the words he said, he said, it is finished. And that was the, the notion of it is finished is, is that the work that he had come to do um, was complete. And, uh, and so, we, you know, um, we're going to look at some other texts today. I, I, I want to kind of go to um, a, a list of texts as we open up this session so that we can see that this is sort of the theme of the Bible uh, as we anticipate the cross and see how, just how much God loved us. So we'll start with the, um, Ephesians chapter 2 because this is like this little section, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and then verse four is sort of the gospel in a nutshell or, or a compacted version of it. So if you'd read that for us, that'd be great. All right, so Ephesians chapter two, verses one through four. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So uh, it's pretty dark, that first part of it, not, not the first verse, but the, the, the second and the third verse are pretty dark because it's speaking of our condition in a very you know, plain way. Is, is that's where we were. We were you know, living in the flesh. We were... Um, doing all sorts of sins in our lives. And we, not that we don't continue to do that, but our, the intent in our hearts is different now in that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And uh, we, when, when uh, temptation comes our way, the Holy Spirit speaks to us about um, moving away from the thing that's tempting us. And so, um, but the good news is it's, it started in verse 1. It said that we've been made alive which means if you're made alive, that means you were once dead. Right. In order to be made something, you need yeah. to have a previous state. Right. And so uh, we were dead in our trespasses and in our sins and, and didn't even realize it. That's the other side of it. This is most people don't realize that they're dead because they don't, they don't understand what's going on in this uh, controversy between the devil and, and our Lord. And we can see here that, that, um, this passage act, actually accurately says it's this is because of Satan and mm-hmm. what he started. But now um, the good news is uh, picks up in verse four, and you can just probably just go all the way to verse eight because it's really good news. Okay, it says, "But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses." made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. This is a very exciting passage, isn't it? I I just think it's really interesting that it brings out again that this is all the work of God, and it, it all is predicated on, in verse 4, 
and because of his great love for us. Mm-hmm. And so this all happened because of the cross, because of what Jesus did at the cross. Uh, and, and, and now the reality is, is, is that it's by the grace that he exhibited there, by the sacrifice that he did on our behalf, that we have been saved from our situation. We were once dead. He has made us alive. It's, that's just incredible. We, we, should, we should find a way to try to live as if that's a reality. That's what I keep telling myself in my right. life. Right. This, so this is significant in that we, we really were condemned to this state of being without God, separation from him, you know, total disconnectedness, and yet God found a way to make us alive you know, to, to put an end to our sin without harming us in any other way, you know. And it's, it's unique in that it says it's a gift to us. Some, some people say, well, the gift is eternal life. Yes, it is. It is eternal life. Eternal life is the, the, is the result of what Christ has it's done. It's the ultimate outcome. But the gift really is... The very life of Jesus. Right. It's his person, you know. His it's, person. So all the all the benefits that come, you know, Ephesians then goes into all the benefits right. of, of the cross and and not just the eternal life aspect of it, but you know, our mental health, our physical health, spiritual health, social, all these uh, facets of our lives. So, by the way, the Bible says explicitly here: before we can receive it. it we don't, it doesn't say anything about us going out and having to clean ourselves up before mm-hmm. this came to us or, or that we have to be living a certain way. This, was, this happened while we were sinners, and we're going we're to look at that in another text in Romans, but this happened to us while we were in this situation that um, is spoken of in this passage. And so for those of you who are struggling with like, you know, I got to do this or this or this before I can come to Christ. Um, it's just not a reality. According to the, to the Bible is he came to us while we were in that situation and he uh, gave us the gift of eternal life. And the response now is yours to respond to that and say yes to it or no to it. So our next text is a kind of a repeat of it. And it's in Titus, uh, chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. And that says, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So it's a, a lot of that is repeated of what we yeah. just said, but it's good to hear it several times that it's not what I do, it's what God has done or what Christ has done on my behalf. You know, that, that first part where it talks about how we were once hateful and hating one another and malice and envy, it, I can't help but think of the, the the tension that often exists in our modern world on the yeah. internet and places and how sometimes we just find that is like a pit of of that just that recycling of of just not allowing love to come in and it's it's just it's just so easy to get caught up in that that cycle 
but even even God wants to come into that space and you know God wants to go everywhere where where people are so he wants to even use us on in the digital world online and through various media right and all I, I think the, the the response that we have to this is like wow God did this well, you know what could I possibly do in return except right. just offer my time or whatever and even that is not adequate payment to it's not about paying back it's about I just want to join him in what he's trying to do in the world and find ways to share with other people this good news that they don't even know about. They don't even know that they're under this, uh, this uh, death sentence, so to speak. They don't, they don't know that the working of the devil in the world and how he's trying to cause division and hatred and bitterness between people. Everybody knows that it's getting worse. I have people talk to me about that all the time. They say stuff like, man, the I don't know how long it can go on. The world is terrible. And, you know, we because we read the Bible and because we um, can see what uh, it teaches us that what's going on behind the scenes, uh, we, know what's, we know that it, this is the forces of evil and the forces of good at work in the world today. So, so the, the gospel really, the goal of the gospel is not to divide people, but through the love of Christ bring them together and show them that there is a solution that God has. Yeah, the the uh, the love of God never divides, and the division is a tool of the devil. It always has been, and so what what God's love does for us, it brings us life in every capacity. Jesus said, "I came to give life and life more abundantly." Right. We so. see, we seem to automatically jump to, you know, when we're having a discussion online or even in you know, face to face with somebody, I think it's the automatic human response to want to find something you disagree with them about. Sure. But the, I think the Christ-like thing to do would be to actually try to find a common ground that you can talk to them, speak to them, because it's it's through agreement that you you really achieve anything. You know, <laughs> you don't want somebody to come along and say, "Hey, guess what? You're wrong." Now accept what I have for you. <laughs> it's real easy to do that in the um, in the online world these days. Is, is a lot of times people just it just ends up be, ends up being forums for division, and uh, we don't want any part of that. Is that's why we're gonna com, com, that's why we continue to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is because it's the thing that unifies people, yeah. like you said. Let's uh, look at First John because I want to just explore this idea of love. It's not the kind of love that maybe we have for each other. The Bible uses several words for love. Um, it's uh, something different. And the way John puts it out there, I think that it will give us some insight. First John chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. And that says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Yeah, this, um, there's a couple really 
important points here. First off, the from the original language, the word love here is agape. And some people might know what that means and others might not. But agape means it's sort of like an, it's a rarely used Greek word. But it, it's one that describes God love as a love that is has no boundaries. It's, uh, in other words, it's unconditional. And uh, we'll, what I want to do for a moment is just compare that to the kind of love that we experience as human beings. You know, like... Uh, it seems like we fall into uh, like brotherly love or love of a spouse, and there's conditions to our love, right? right? Well, we'll love often. We'll often love people because we agree with them, and because we can get something from them in return, and and that's really just a uh, you know it can it can turn out to be a preference, and it can really in the end be selfish, right? This is something different. It's unconditional. It's also spontaneous, and it, because it, it it's and it's uncaused. Like a lot of times, we we think about love as, as having a causal. Um, like there's got to be a reason to love a person, right? You know, and yeah. that's that's kind of our human nature, uh, speaking through, and it it really. The kind of love we're talking about with agape, it doesn't depend on how I look or how I sound or how I, God just loves me because I'm a human being that he created. Mm -hmm. I'm his creation. And that love is unconditional, is what it's saying. And so it's out of that notion that... um, of what we're talking about today that the cross occurred. This is because God's solution was, I'll love you so much that I'll give my only son and he'll die for your sins. And in that you can be saved. So worship in a sense is just allowing, like the first step is allowing God to love you. It is. Let him into your heart. Because once you can do that, then it opens up this whole world of, wow, this is a new experience for me and you know, it fills those parts of us that have been longing ever since, you know, we could understand that there was something not quite right, something broken, something that needed to be mended. Well, if you think about what man has tried to do with the notion of love in the world today, they've gone off in all different directions and, you know, there's erotic love that has gotten way out of control. Mm, There's uh, relationship love with spouses and think about the how marriage has declined in terms of you know it's uh, it's main maintainability even our relationships with our parents and all the all the relations that that are built on the premise of love seem to be degenerating today and and accept and so so everybody's in on this search looking for love yeah. right and here God is saying, hey, over here, it's free and it's unconditional and it's life-changing. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I just hope our listening audience understands that this is what God has intention for them. And not only that, this text comes right out and says, it doesn't say that God is loving. It says that God is love. Yeah. Like we've said so many times before, it's who God is. It's his nature. Yeah. 
It's why he is eternally self-existent yes. and simultaneous within the Trinity. And, you know, this, it's the metaphysical nature of, of the existence of God. It's all wrapped up in that. Right. And out of that, out of that great love, his expression is life. So I think, I think God can't help himself. He, mm. His creative capacity is built upon the idea that I, I, I want to create new things to love. And that's pretty cool. I mean, that, that, that's, that's really interesting to me. So, okay, well, the, the greatest expression of this that I, I like is found in Romans chapter 5, and it kind of tells us where we're at and where, we, uh, um, where God found us once again. But this one is uh, even more poignant, and I just, you know, you, we can't talk about this whole subject matter without looking at it one more time. Romans chapter 5. Five verses five through ten. And that says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Yeah, there's a lot of wonderful things in this passage, and we've kind of discovered it through some of the other recordings that we've done, but it tells of us sort of the same picture that we've looked at in some of the other texts, and that is is that God came to us in our condition, and he continues to come to us in our condition uh, where we're at. And his love, or his expression of his love, came to us while we were in our sins, and that continues to happen as well. But here's what the cool thing about this text is, is when we take hold of that, and we're going to have a discussion as we end this process or this uh, seminar on the gospel, as we take hold of it, the Bible just doesn't say the Holy Spirit just pours out into us. What does he pour into us? It says he pours into us his, the very love that he expresses to us. Yeah, he pours into us the very love that he has expressed. Sorry. <laughs> I'll cut that earlier part yeah. out so that it sounds like I'm answering <laughs> And so, so yeah, right. Yeah, God is, he, the, the love that he expresses towards us now as we say yes to it, he pours it into us. I don't know what that means, except that somehow God is expressing himself through me now instead right. of me expressing. I hope it makes me love people in a different way. I mean, it sounds like the language of a vessel or a cup or something, and right. he's just taking himself and pouring out as it was a liquid or something, as it, I mean, the Bible uses the concept of wine a lot. So, you know, pouring himself into us so that we can then be full of him. Yeah, it's a crazy concept because um, he's eternal and we're finite. Mm -hmm. So so when Paul says in Ephesians 3, I, I pray that I be, would be filled with the fullness of God. How can, mm -hmm. how can Jeff or you know, be filled with the fullness of God when he's infinite. 
And so I, the way I have always imagined it, like you said, a vessel is, is, well, God will just keep pouring and it'll begin to spill out over the sides. And eventually and be, goes to other people. Yeah, that's right. There's so that's, much. That's exciting to me. It's a good visual. Yeah, and it means that we will never know what to expect. You know, we'll, it'll, we'll never have a, a boring day with God. That that's right. Something, a new experience can come along and we can learn from it. We can learn about ourselves and we'll continue to learn about how good the good news is. Yeah. This is much different than information exchange that we often get into. Like, like you and I have discussions about theology and maybe we don't agree. And a lot of times we agree to disagree. I'm not talking about you, Andrew. I'm talking about, (laughs) Oh, there are so many people that don't agree. (laughs) Yes. I, I agree with that. I'm talking, but, 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 but this is something that is a little bit different. Is I don't need to convince you that God loves you because the Bible says that, right? And the love of God will be, re- apparently, God's plan is, is to reveal his love to all his children through some of his children. Yeah. And so I should be more careful about, am I you know, in tune with what God's trying to do? Right. Well, that's how it is with God's love once you experience it. <laughs> that's a famous uh, song, isn't it? I, I believe so. It should, yeah, somebody should write a song like that. <laughs> so, uh, really, what we're discussing here today or discovering is that there's, there's this chasm that existed as man fell into sin. It was God and his holiness, this God of love, and it was man and his sinfulness, and it was God who said, I'm taking care of this. You don't have to. Um, and and he, he does it out of his great love for us, and he sent his son Jesus to be the uh, propitiation or be the, you know, to be the, 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 the person that could solve the problem. Right. And by the way, this love uh, that we... Are talking about the Bible describes it in many ways. Um, it it calls calls it everlasting uh, love. It calls it, uh, it it says that we can't be separated from it, uh, and it says mm-hmm. it never fails. And so, uh, if if the there's something in the relationship that um, we put aside. And that, and it looks like it's a failure. The relationship between us and God is because not because the love has failed. It's because mm-hmm. we've decided to move away from it. Right. The the love of God doesn't fade. You know, it says That's Jesus right. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And and so right that that experience is, you know, sometimes it's it's how we you know it's what we put into it and. Like God says, you know, if you search for me, you will seek me when you search for me with all of your heart. So that love, God God just wants to pour his love into us, but because we are beings of free agency and choice, we have to choose to accept that every day and, and, and be refreshed by it. I would say that it's life-changing when you finally submit to it. You just say, listen, I, I, I've tried every... Thing I can to be a better person, to be more loving to other people, to be, I, I've done, I've tried all of that and uh, I've, I've failed. It's, it's kind of nice to know that 
Oh, this is this is the gift of God. This is that He loves other people through us. That's different than my trials. It does change us. It does change that when it enters into us, it changes who we are. But it's kind of a good thing to know that I don't have to worry so much about how I can be effectively minister to other people. I just need to invite God into my heart and he does the ministering and it's in a loving way. And if it's not loving, then there's something going on that I need to address. Right. Right. So this, this is pretty much where we're going to end with the cross. We could speak on the cross for a long, long time. Um, but we need to move on and we're going to do the next time we talk, we're going to talk about the resurrection, which we don't talk about as much as we should. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because it's uh, it's essential, you know. And like Paul says, without it, we we have no faith. You right. Know, it would be futile to continue to think that we would be able to exist and and you know be with God if we didn't have a, a new life in Christ. And that's exactly the the textual evidence we're going to go to is all right in Corinthians, and because he's dealing with that problem there. So we got one chapter we're going to exegete together and kind of go through with his explanation. All right. I can't wait to take a look at it. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. All right. So if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we're at The Ephesus Model. You can also email us online at contact at simplicityoutreach.org. And uh, we're on Facebook too. So please share us with your friends and family. And we'd love to hear from you. All right. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Visit AdventistCityMinistries.com for more resources, including a study guide, reference compilation, and free downloads of our book, The Ephesus Model. You can also listen to other presentations and episodes of this podcast. See the show notes for links and more information.